everyone. Welcome back to Across the Campus, your college sports podcast presented by atbsports.net. I'm Alex, the captain, and I'm joined by AJ, the guru. What's going on, guys? All right, AJ, we got a lot to cover today. Um, Yeah. College football rankings just came out, so I think uh, that's something we can talk about today's episode. Yeah, um, conference championship week, obviously a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but last week, let's let's look at some big games from last week. Rivalry weekend. Um, let's start at the top of the list. We have the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama. What are your thoughts on that? Um, wasn't too. I don't know. Wasn't too uh, surprised. I think I did call that Auburn would win that last week, mm-hmm. but I, I guess I was surprised at the lack of defense, though. I thought. I mean, yeah, that both, was both super incredible. Up, yeah, both teams put up a lot of points, and offensively, I mean, they just—I don't know—they just moved the ball at will. Both sides, or uh, both Auburn and Alabama, both did. Yeah, I think it's really important to note that Mac Jones was in his second official collegiate start, and he looked pretty comfortable in that Alabama offense. Surprisingly, yeah. um, I think. The other side of that, though, was the Alabama defense was just expecting their offense to score at will, mm-hmm. and they were fine giving up as many points as they did until the end of the game when Nick Saban was uh, tricked, if you will. Um, I thought that was pretty cool to see yeah, that was somebody finally out smart Nick Saban. That was interesting having the, uh, the punter sitting out there at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That uh, that really messed up a lot of things for Alabama, got him off sides, you know, ended the game effectively. I was very impressed with Auburn's offense in this game. You know, keep in mind earlier this year they lost to LSU 23-20 to with very minimal offense, plenty of defense in that game. And then out here they just, they said, no, we're going to sling it around. Bo Nix looked really, really comfortable against that Alabama defense. Yeah, for a freshman he seemed very comfortable in the pocket. He was able to get the ball around pretty much Mm -hmm. at will. He He did a really good job. Yeah, super impressed by him uh next we have the civil war uh oregon versus oregon state mm-hmm. um that one was more or less what we expected oregon getting the w out there yeah but it wasn't one of those i was expecting a far far different score and it i for me i felt like it was a little bit closer than what it should have been at mm-hmm. least for part of the game um that being said oregon obviously took care of business kept their conference championship hopes alive um it was very low scoring though and that i think is what surprised me yeah me. yeah it was um i didn't get to watch that actually mm-hmm. that was one of those late games yeah <laughs> uh but yeah I mean, oregon does play utah here uh, as we'll get into it later on the pac-12 championship there's a lot of implications that go on into that game yes uh for the uh for the playoff rankings which we'll talk about here in a little bit as well but yeah there's a lot of stake there that uh in oregon Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, Oregon looked pretty solid. Uh, Justin Herbert, you know, again another just good game. Nothing he's explosive. Yeah, he's very consistent. I think that's a good way to put it. He's very consistent. Does what he needs to do in the pocket. The Oaken bucket. Uh, you being an Indiana person, you kind of take the lead on this one. Yeah, it was really one of those games where obviously Purdue has four wins on the year, and IU coming in with seven going into overtime. Uh, the slop that is West Lafayette, uh, it was feel, of course they're one of the few teams that have a grass field, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it looked rough. You could tell they had had a bunch of home games this year, and they were playing this one in the rain as well. I know they played a few games earlier on in the year in the pouring down rain, so that field has taken a toll. Uh, but yeah, for the old for the Ilkin bucket, I uh, I mean IU kind of just 
you know, show that they are still improving uh, for being such a young team. And then it shows also Purdue having to go to a high school to get a fourth string quarterback because <laughs> all of theirs are out. <laughs> right. I, can, I guess kind of became the thing that kind of let them down at the end. Yeah, and I, I was I was disappointed for Purdue. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the saying is you want to beat a team at their best so that sure. there's nothing that you can take away from that victory. Um, but you couldn't really help but feel bad for Purdue at the end of that game. Like you said, down to their fourth-string quarterback, it just, just got really ugly. And, I mean, I'm glad to see Indiana got to celebrate bringing the bucket home back, what, two years in a row now? Uh, I believe so, yes. So that was really good for them. Um, but in general, nothing, nothing too much to report on that. Purdue or uh, Indiana is currently projected to go to the Gator Bowl or the Music okay. City Bowl, which okay. uh, vastly different bowl games, if you will. Sure. Um, well, Purdue went to the Music City Bowl last year and was blown out by Auburn. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. And uh, that that was an emotional game um, for Purdue uh, with the with uh, forgive me, I forget his name. The the cancer Tyler uh, Trent. Thank you. Yeah, um, that was a really emotional game for them. Um, they went and they they played their hearts out, but obviously they were no match against the might of the SEC. That is Auburn. Absolutely. Um, all right, uh, we can talk about Paul Bunyan's axe. This one had a lot of a lot of things riding on it. Um, a potential yeah. playoff berth, uh, Big Ten championship hopeful. You know, a lot of things going here. Uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yeah, I think this one, this one was interesting. The fact that I. Uh, it still kind of shows Wisconsin's young, mm-hmm. you know. It still shows that they're, you know, coach young not only on the field as players, but coaching staff wise too. Yeah. PJ Fleck, you know, he's been around but not as long as Paul Christ, and so Paul Christ knows what it's like to play these big time games, mm-hmm. and he's he's been successful as well. So yeah, this is really just shows a, uh, you know, a gap in just experience. You know, but this was obviously a great opportunity opportunity rather for Minnesota to put them on a national brand. Yep. Uh, or to put that name out, uh, that brand out nationally, and people are going to recognize now, and then you know, they won't be taken as lightly as they have been in the past. Yeah, I think people are now going to see that name and say, oh, hey, these guys were ranked. They were ranked highly for at least the end of the season, you know, up to number eight for the season. And uh, I think that's going to have huge recruiting implications as sure. well as opponent implications while they were ranked. You know, we can we can claim this as a big victory or... Well, they were ranked. We can claim this as a ranked loss, if you will. So, sure. Um, Tanner Morgan, I I'm still impressed with this kid. I really like him. He had 296 with two touchdowns, um, and then his favorite target, Rashad Bateman, six catches, 147, and a score. Jonathan Taylor doing what he needed to do. Um, 18 carries, 76 yards, two scores. Wisconsin just used the ground game against mm-hmm. Minnesota. That was Minnesota's real big weakness, especially. Um, after halftime, Wisconsin just took it to him on the ground. Jonathan Taylor didn't look that great, didn't break 100 yards, but he got it done when it mattered. Absolutely. You, know, you look at their 38-17 final. Really, I mean, Cohen, Jack Cohen was only 15 of 22 for 280, with two touchdowns and no picks. Mm-hmm. That whole, The whole no-interception thing is kind of it's really big. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, especially in games like that. But I mean, he got the ball around to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, almost 10 receivers. Uh, throughout the game, or excuse me, that's running backs. Uh, ten running backs ran the ball. Ten people, ten players ran the ball. That's what Wisconsin does. Is they grind them, they you know, put it on the ground and let you go after them because they do always. Every year they have the offensive line and the tailbacks to get the job done. They've been like that since the 
college football started. Well, I was you know, going to say, just, yeah, um, I mean, you know, you, you look all the way back into the 90s. Um, Wisconsin was known as a, we're going to pound and pound and pound on the sure. ground. And then when you finally figure out how to stop it, we're going to air it out. Sure, they've got a Heisman Trophy to prove it, too. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, but so, yeah, and re- receiving-wise, too, you, Cephas had 114 yards on five receptions and one touchdown. Yep. And then Grochak had one reception for 70. Uh, so really, they were able to spread the ball around a little bit there for the 280 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, it was a good game. I mean, the first half, I uh, didn't know what to expect. I was, again, you know, I was kind of pulling for Minnesota just because it'd be really cool to have a guaranteed playoff spot on the line for the Big Ten Championship game, which that's something we can get to here in a minute. Um, but going into halftime, I was I was really liking that score, and then Wisconsin just blew the doors open. Yeah, so. they did. Whatever halftime adjustments they were, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota just couldn't match up to it. Yep, absolutely. Um, Texas A&M, LSU, not really much to talk about here. 50-7 to was the final in favor yeah. of LSU. Yeah. Did you see that video of Burrow coming out? Before the game, with the yeah, the, with like, the jersey on the back, or the looked, name change. Yeah. Well, he was coming out of the tunnel, and it looked like the video was a video game. Yeah, like it was so the definition was incredible. Yeah, he looked really he looked really comfortable in that game. Mm-hmm. But I really love I love that they did that video and everybody's cheering him on and applauding him. Um, I I like Joe Burrow a lot, mm-hmm. and I know I've mentioned it on this podcast before. But I, I really want to see him succeed. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's a smart kid. He doesn't seem to be one of those kind of cocky guys like a Baker Mayfield or a Johnny Manziel. No offense, Cleveland. Um, but he just seems to, hey, let's go out. Let's get the job done. Yeah, because he knows how big this opportunity is because obviously mm-hmm. he was in Columbus for three years and he sat behind really good quarterbacks there. Yeah, it's it's incredible to think that Ohio State had like three or four of the best quarterbacks in the country at one point. Uh, yeah, it, all, on that roster, it was, it was Joey Burrow, Dwayne Haskins, J.T. Barrett, and uh, Cardell Jones. Yeah, wow. Talk about talk about now looking back, how incredible that is. Right. Um. So yeah, nothing really to talk about there. LSU did what we expected; they just did it in a big fashion. Um, Cincinnati, Memphis, this. They're they're going round two this week for the conference championship, but uh, what'd you notice here? That kind of st- the one thing I noticed, I guess, that kind of stuck out to me is Memphis got it going early and then did enough in the fourth quarter to punch it out. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I think was or uh, excuse me, um, Memphis did just enough to hold on to that game at the end because it could have very easily gotten away from them mm-hmm. going there in the fourth quarter. Uh, Cincinnati started figuring out their offense and started moving the ball a little bit. And uh, but there's not enough time there for Cincinnati to get the W. But as you said, they go back for round two here uh, this weekend. It'll be interesting to see what kind of adjustments they make going into the conference championship game, knowing that the highest ranked group of five bull bid is on the line. Sure, and you know it's one of those things too. Like obviously, it's an exact repeat of last week. They go back to Memphis, mm-hmm. and so it's really you know, you have the film on them. You know what's you know, what's really going to happen because you just played them, so yeah. really it should be a fairly fairly easy film week. It's just making quick adjustments because, like I said, Cincinnati did figure it out there towards the later end of that game. The next game that I want to talk about: Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Yeah, that's a wild one. There's a <laughs> there's a lot to dis- there's a lot to <laughs> dissect in that one. That uh that final score for those listening at home: twenty one twenty in favor of Mississippi State, but uh. 
Ole Miss had the chance to win this thing. Uh, there were five seconds left to go. Ole Miss gets the touchdown. And they miss the extra point attempt because Elijah Moore goes to the end zone and celebrates. Not not just a, hey, let's get together, let's celebrate as a group, whatever. No, he gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for getting down on the ground like a dog and motioning that he was urinating. Yeah. And that's doing what the, cost doing the, them. Doing the fire hydrant drill. <laughs> yeah. And I just, why would you do that? I get it. There's four seconds left in the game. You're, you just, you could potentially tie this thing. But why would you do that? Wait until your kicker makes the, you know, field goal, whatever it is. Like, and that was, that's what decided this thing. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was tough. Uh, especially, I mean, you see that stuff in the, like, in, you know, in Cleveland, the dog pound or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, that was, I saw that and it was good for social media. I mean, social media Very had good. a field day with it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's something you can't do. And I'm sure Coach had a long talk with him after the game. I'm sure he did. And that's, yeah, that it's heartbreaking to see, especially when you have the chance to tie it and send it into overtime, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel bad for the kid, but you got, you got to be better. Also, think one thing it. we didn't mention earlier now that we, you know, this brings it back is Alabama missed a field, late field goal there to win that in the Iron Bowl as well. Yes, yes they did. Which I totally spaced that up until now. Yeah, they uh, uh, they missed that field goal and then Auburn it. was just moving the ball well enough. They, I think they yeah. got a two-point conversion at one point Yeah, to put them ahead three. So, yes. yeah. yeah, that's what it was. That was but critical. Yeah, that, that, uh, that kicker missing that reminded me of that and I totally spaced it. Mm-hmm. I think it would have tied it, right? Is that yes, that's what it would have done? Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll skip a couple games here. Um, Clemson, South Carolina, you know, not much to really take away from that except, oh, look, Clemson won like they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they won in a big fashion. Trevor Lawrence, you know, 300 yards, three scores. Uh, Clemson doing what Clemson's been doing all year. They, uh, yeah. taking it away and then coasting in the second half. Pretty much what they've done. I mean, the hell, that did almost cost them against North Carolina, but, you know, really, after that, they found their stride, and uh, they haven't slowed down. Right. And I think that, you know, everybody wants to talk about, oh, well, Georgia lost to South Carolina. Well, it's an SEC game. That doesn't matter. I think Clemson doing what they did to South Carolina kind of strengthens their case for the playoffs a little bit um, because of the fact that, you know, sure, you go back, you run back South Carolina, Georgia, a hundred times. Georgia's going to win it 95% of the time, right? Mm-hmm. But it's that one time that costs them. And everybody wants to talk about, oh, the ACC is weak. Yes, the ACC is weak. But Clemson showed its strength, flexed its muscles against against a middling South Carolina mm-hmm. team from the SEC. And I think it bodes well for them, makes them look a little bit more favorable. Sure. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, um, not really too much there. Oklahoma uh, 34-16, kind of ran away with that one late. Oklahoma State only got three points after halftime. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma did their job, kept their playoff hopes alive. Um, not yeah, not really much for me on that one. No, not at all. Drew Brown, Oklahoma State's quarterback, was 22 of 32 for 207, mm-hmm. the one pick. But Kennedy Brooks, 
Uh, Oklahoma's running back had a buck sixty on the ground, one with twenty two carries and one touchdown. Yeah, he looked really smooth, yeah. uh, really fluid. He ran really hard in that game. Um, yeah, they were able. Oklahoma was. They did a pretty good job of uh, containing Chuba Hubbard there because yeah. Hubbard only had well, he had one hundred four yards on twenty four carries, but only one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really impressed with their way to prevent him from scoring. Sure, he got a lot of yards. There was that whole bend don't break kind of defense against right. him, and they really bottled him up and kept themselves in the lead and that was uh, really cool to see especially with their hopes of getting into the playoffs that's now another quality win against a quality opponent so yeah good for Oklahoma doing what they needed to do to keep those playoff hopes alive yeah because they came in in sixth in the rankings today right behind uh, Utah yes and so there's Utah I watched a little bit of that game and uh, they looked good that defense is nasty they are they I think they lead the car lead the country in points rushing yards that Given sounds up right. Is like fifty some point or fifty some yards a game. Um, they yeah, their points for they a point against eleven point three points a game, mm-hmm. which I, is yeah, really really only, good. And like fifty eight yards rushing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Fifty eight yards rushing. Um, yard total yards allowed. They are third behind Ohio State and Clemson, mm-hmm. and the difference between Ohio State and Utah is less than ten yards. Yeah, that's wild. That's and of course that's it's impressive. A, it's a Pac-12 team in the middle of nowhere that nobody hears about. Yep. Uh, again, you know, us East Coasters don't watch that West Coast football. It's too late for us. Yeah. So, but and no, I, feel, I mean, I felt good bad for, for Hawaii. Or I felt bad for Army traveling all the way to Hawaii and not kicking off here till midnight our time. Yeah, that was nuts. That's and th- they ended up winning that game, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was. That was a long road trip for them. I think we talked about it last week, too, but a lot of fun for those kids, I'm sure, you know, getting that opportunity to play out west Mm -hmm. in a beautiful stadium, in a beautiful area. So super happy to see that for them, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right. The last one we got to talk about because we said we talked about it last week. You've been avoiding this one all night. I uh, we we can skip this one. It's not really that important. If uh, if we, want I'd like to. to talk about it. Okay, I mean that's fine. I guess Ohio State at Michigan. Um, I just love hearing fan. I just love hearing Michigan fans' misery. It's really fun. <laughs> fair. <laughs> I, I think I spent all day Sunday just going through Twitter, and just seeing fans complain. It was phenomenal. Well, I uh, for those who follow our website, I wrote an article after Michigan got blown out by Wisconsin about how Jim Harbaugh needs to go. I echo that sentiment to this day, but we can talk about the game. We don't need to talk about that article. We can talk about the game. Ohio State, uh, 14 points a quarter, looked really good um, on offense. Defense was a little shaky in the first half. Just a little bit. The Browns, or between the Browns, the Buckeyes uh, starting corner, Sean Wade was out. Mm-hmm. So it was a Reed who came in, and he really hadn't played much this year, so they kind of attacked him early. Mm-hmm. But he had the last laugh because he did seal the game with a pick. Yeah, no, he looked really good. That and that defense, like I said, you know, toward in the second half, they really tightened things down. But and they, uh, they bear hugged Chase Young all day. They did. They really did. And I think anybody who is going to play Ohio State in the postseason needs to watch that film and then execute it even better. Chase Young was not a factor whatsoever. He had two hurries all mm-hmm. afternoon, and. You know, Chase Young's still a phenomenal player, one of the best players in college football. Yeah, he won the uh, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year award today. Yes, he did. I saw that. That was good for him. I mean, he definitely earned that. Even with his suspension, he definitely earned that. And he 
played really, really well. But I think it's if you're any team who is significantly better than the University of Michigan at football, you need to look at this film, dissect it, and say, what did they do to neutralize Chase Young? But also, how can we prevent everybody else from getting to our quarterback, getting to our running backs? Michigan gave you the formula, even if they couldn't hold it up for four quarters. Michigan has given the country the formula on how to neutralize Chase Young. And sure, it's a double team. But now you've got those coaches at Clemson, at LSU. Wisconsin has an extra week to prepare. Now they have this film on how to neutralize that. It'll be really interesting to see his impact down the road. Yeah, it is. Um, There we go. One of those things, too, I'm kind of looking at the numbers here. Uh, Fields and Patterson Fields had two, or excuse me, 302 yards mm-hmm. And Patterson had a 305 So really The big difference there is the four touchdowns No picks to the one touchdown and one pick mm-hmm. A QBR of uh, 88.8 for Fields and 27.9 There for Patterson yeah. And then Chuganoff came in for a couple plays Because Fields went out hurt He was a one of two for 11 yards But the big thing was to J.K. Dobbins, he's still running in the big house right now. 31, yeah. 31 carries, 211 yards, four touchdowns. His longest was 41. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just – in fields, I mean, he only had 25, 25 yards rushing. That's low for him. Yeah, that, that was uncharacteristically low. low. The Michigan front four really kind of kept fields in the backfield. He didn't yeah. really get the chance to scramble and do much of what yeah. he likes to do. And the one do. thing, too, the Ohio State offensive line averages 40, pound, 40 more pounds in the – Michigan defensive line. Yeah, which 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 makes that even much more impressive, right? That Fields was contained in the backfield. Now, Hob, uh, J.K. Dobbins obviously ran at will. It's like just give me the ball, I'll run yeah. fifteen yards, whatever. Sure. And then obviously Garrett Wilson, who's a fr- true freshman, who was playing high school football this time last year, mm-hmm. had only three receptions for a buck eighteen, one touchdown. Uh, Chris Olave kept doing his thing with two, uh, sixty-eight yards. J.K. Dobbins at forty-nine. His two J.K.'s two catches were huge. Mm-hmm. They're both as shortly short out of the backfield catches, but he was able to meet his longest was twenty-eight yards. Yep, and uh, that was that took the Buckeyes into the red zone. Their Austin Mack, my Fort Wayne guy, had three receptions for thirty-nine yards, one touchdown. K.J. Hill, I think the Buckeyes are like a ridiculous amount and oh, uh, the record-wise when K.J. Hill scores a touchdown. Yep, absolutely, and that was. It was you. You look. You continue to look at the numbers. You know, Master Teague. You know, he had twelve carries for twenty nine yards. Not a big, big difference maker. But he gave J.K. Dobbins enough of a breather to show a different look to get a different defense on the field. Sure. You, know, you saw Master Teague on the field. Okay, they're probably passing. Ohio State surprised the Michigan defense by running with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Master Teague's one of the top five rushers in the Big Ten right now, too. Mm-hmm. As a yeah, so it's, I mean, you look at it and you think, I mean, he just runs those disguise packages really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, He's built identically to J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. So yeah, Master, Master Teague right here has 128, 128 carries for 780 yards, four touchdowns as a backup. That's insane. The yeah. The big the tail here, and, you know, I'm looking at team stats, you know, Shea Patterson, you know, Michigan had 305 yards passing, Ohio State 313, so pretty even there, save the touchdowns. The rushing was the difference. Ohio State outgained Michigan 264 to 91 yards on the ground. That was, to me, I mean, obviously there was a fumble um, by Michigan late in the second quarter yeah, that would have tied zone. it up. Yeah. Um, but I, 
I was really impressed with Ohio State in all facets of the game. I think they looked really, really solid. Michigan was definitely the underdog, and I think in the second half they played much more like it. Receivers were all of a sudden forgetting how to catch the ball. Um, everything just looked out of sorts, and Ohio State capitalized. I thought Ohio State was going to come out slow in the third quarter, like they've done when they've had when when these starters haven't really had to play. Right. You um, saw it against Penn State. Yeah, and so I was I was as a fan I was kind of hopeful that that's what was going to happen. However. You can't expect that. It's no. not. It's not a guarantee. And Justin Fields came out, looked really solid. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins again. You know, they just that team is just complete top to bottom. And as a Michigan fan, I hate to say it, but Ohio State has the best team not only in the Big Ten, but I definitely think the country, save maybe LSU. Yeah, I'm excited here once the, you know the final playoff rankings come out. First off, I can't, I can't look ahead past Wisconsin. No, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, not. I'll be at that game this weekend. I'm very excited about it. And I'm, just, you know, it's one of those things where okay, Wisconsin's gotten better. They're they're ranked eighth now. They broke the top ten tonight. They moved moved up four spots. Which and so that's you know, they, really interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, we, do we want to talk rankings or do we want to we talk can't, championships? Yeah, I mean, you, you're probably just tired of talking about this game, aren't you? I mean, we we can keep talking uh-huh. about this game. That's uh, fine. I, I mean, I can talk about it all day long, but you won't like it. So <laughs> I, I'd like to move on. <laughs> no, that's what I thought. That's fine. Um, no, let's uh, let's look at these college football rankings. Um, yeah. They announced the college football playoff rankings earlier this evening. Ohio State secured at number one. LSU following in at number two, followed by Clemson at three, Georgia at four, Utah and Oklahoma at five and six, Baylor in at seven, Wisconsin at eight, Florida at nine, Penn State at ten. So we've got three Big Ten teams in the top ten. We've got four the four in the top fifteen. Yeah, so I mean the Big Ten's representing really really well. I'm surprised Michigan didn't drop any more because Michigan was thirteen last week. I'm so I'm really surprised they only dropped to fourteen. But I think the rankings kind of gave Michigan a a pass, if you will. It's well everybody's been losing to Ohio State in this fashion, right? Um, and but, one thing I'm curious about too is why is there an AP top twenty five still? Good question. If it doesn't I, mean anything. It, it doesn't mean anything because it doesn't because there's no more BCS. Right. So um, is it just something for the writers to do? I think it's something for the writers to do, honestly. Okay. Um, and I mean, if you look the college football rankings, save a few notable ones, kind of parallel the AP rankings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's. I don't want to say it's like a guideline, like hey, you know, this is kind of where we have them. But I think it's something that they really look at. The ranking that sure. really interests me: Alabama, not only out of the top five, out of the top ten in the college football it's a, playoff rankings. It's the lowest they've ever ever been. Yeah, in the last several years, it's since the playoffs started. Yeah, they mm-hmm. felt they fell back seven spots, and Auburn's ahead of them in eleventh. Yeah, so it's a. Uh, they probably realize we can't put a three-loss Auburn team in the top 10. So we'll just put them at 11, and then we'll just drop Alabama below. Yeah. Minnesota With, took a huge hit and fell 10 spots to 18. I felt really bad for Minnesota on that. You know, that game was closer than the score indicated. Yeah, they really they, they really got hammered there. They did. Um, you know, then you've got rounding out the top 25, you got Cincinnati at 20, only dropped two spots. Memphis didn't move up. Uh no Memphis Mem- moved up Memphis a spot. Memphis moved at one, yeah. Um, you got Appalachian State at twenty one, USC at twenty two, Virginia at twenty three, Navy twenty four, Oklahoma State at twenty five. I'm really kind of surprised to not see Indiana crack the top twenty five again, but that's another thing. Um, for another time. 
Yeah. I really, I think these rankings, there's a lot on the line, and this will tie into our conference championship segment, but I think there's a lot on the line, especially with those top two seeds. Ohio State, if they lose to Wisconsin, there's a small argument to be made that Wisconsin should make the playoffs. I don't think they should. They're a two-loss program. I don't think any two-loss program has no, any Ohio reason. State, if something crazy happens and Ohio State loses, they're still in either way. You think they're so? Not, yeah, they're not going to drop out. The only thing that will switch is they might go to four, LSU to one, They'll Georgia three, uh, Clemson uh, two. The okay. way I was, I was listening to the show earlier in uh, Palmer and uh, Joey Galloway were talking about it. They go, Essentially, the fourth spot is a spot up for grabs right now. Because mm-hmm. Ohio State's in, LSU's in, Clemson's in, and the fourth spot is up for grabs. And it makes sense, too, when you look at strength, schedule, quality, wins, mm. et cetera. Um, obviously, if LSU beats Georgia like we like we think what will happen, that opens the door for Utah. They're going to have to beat Oregon. And then there's no Pac-12 or Big 12 championship is there. Oh, yeah, it's Oklahoma-Baylor, right? It's it's a quasi-championship. It's a qu- it's, yeah. They take the top two teams of the conference That's and right. have them play again. That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. So now here's my question for you. So you've got, you know, let's, let's say LSU beats Georgia, which is a safe bet right now. Let's say LSU beats Georgia. You've got Utah, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Let's say, who, who do you put in if Oklahoma and Utah win? Or if Utah and Baylor win, who do you put in at that number four spot? Uh, Utah. You think so? I think that they're the better overall team. Even though, it, let, let's, even if Oklahoma D- wins. Even if Oklahoma wins. Okay, let's take a look at this here. If Oklahoma wins. I think, I think Oklahoma I th- has a better schedule. I uh, do, but I think if you put Utah, it's a win against a top 15 team. Right, but if you put Oklahoma, they it's a, now a win against a top ten team. That's it, top ten team, yeah. That's 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 a tough one. It really is. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I obviously I still, this is the I weekend chaos. You, can yeah, I still think Utah? Okay, I think it's interesting. You've got two conference championships where it's uh, red versus green: mm-hmm. uh, Baylor, Oklahoma, and Utah, Oregon. And you gotta watch this too. Baylor lost for that game against Oklahoma a few weeks ago. True. I mean, they they let it get away from them. Really, mm-hmm. they let that game all the way into the, deep into the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and they just kind of let it go. Yeah. So I doubt something like that happens this week. Now here's the here's the real question: twenty twenty eight to three. Do you think that's going to come back to haunt them? Is that going to be all they're going to be hearing in practice all week? I don't think so. I think Coach Rule has a good you know. They've they're ten and eleven for a reason, and or excuse me, ten and eleven, eleven <laughs> and a one, uh, for a reason. And that one loss is to Oklahoma. Okay. So I th- I don't think it'll be that big of an emphasis this week. Okay. Because they know they have you know they know it's going to be you know life or death really to find hope to hopefully secure that fourth spot. But you know it just you know I don't I don't think they're having issues with that now. All right, so let's. I mean, we'll look at we'll go to, down in order here. Uh, Utah, Oregon kicks off the conference championship weekend on Friday night. That's Friday night, yeah. So, Oregon's job right now just win, or not Oregon? Uh, Utah's job. Sorry, Utah. Pretty much, that's, yeah. That's, that's all you have job. to do. That would be the worst. The winning on Friday night, and having to sit around all weekend long, mm-hmm. all day Saturday, That'd cheering be against. 
I don't know. I think you cheer against Baylor because if Oklahoma beats Baylor, that's less impressive, I think, than if Baylor beats Oklahoma. Um, Then you cheer against Georgia because Mm -hmm. LSU wins. That secures you a spot. And then, really, if you cheer against Clemson because they're taking on number 23 Virginia, you know, you open it up so that you have that potential to sneak in. I don't think Clemson, if they lose to Virginia, makes the playoffs. I think based off of their strength of schedule, I mean, everybody's already been down on them this year anyway. You lose to Virginia, who is 9-3, and three, sitting at 23 in the country. You lose that game, you don't make the playoffs. That's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, with the way Clemson, they've had a few close ones this year. Uh, the defense has been has looked suspect. But, yeah, I, I could see the, a scenario like that. Um, all right, so we got Baylor, Oklahoma. So I get, let's go down. We'll just do picks here. Um, I like U- Utah in this game. I think Utah is yeah, so a much I. more complete team. And Justin Herbert hasn't seen a defense quite like Utah's yet. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay, uh, so Saturday, the noontime slot, uh, we've got Baylor, Oklahoma. Um, I think Oklahoma takes this one. I really do. Jalen Hurts is looking really good. You like Baylor? Okay. I like Baylor in that one. I'll, there's something about Corey Brewer that I like. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. And you think he can bounce back from this one? I think so, too. I think so, yeah, because, I mean, that program has risen from the ashes in a pretty quick amount of time. Okay. Yeah, they uh, obviously they had Daniel had the death penalty a couple of years ago. Right, right. And Coach Rule comes in and takes care of it. You know, he first year they struggled, but now they found their stride. They're looking in the top ten now. They're moving the football pretty well. Absolutely, absolutely. That's fair. Um, down at the Sun Belt Conference Championship, we have Louisiana taking on Appalachian State. I like Appy. Sorry. Yeah, so do I. That's one of those teams that you know. Ever since they joined FCS, it's like okay. They're gonna they're gonna stick around here for a little while, mm-hmm. and they're the one consistent team out of the mm-hmm. Sun Belt. You know, the Sun Belt we've talked about being probably the weakest conference in, save Conference USA, the weakest conference in one A football. But Appalachian State's been their lone bright spot. Yeah, absolutely. They're the one that te- the the one name everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our conference, the Mid American, we got Miami taking on Central Michigan. I have Central in that one. You got Central? I like Miami. Yeah, because Ball State handed it to Miami this past weekend. They really did. But Ball State handed it to a lot of people and then got it handed right back. Yeah. I, uh, you know, the t- I think, too, this is, st- this is technically a home game, too, for Central. It is. They're not traveling too far. Miami's got to really pack up their fans and bring them on up north. I think I like Miami in this one just because of Brett Gabbert. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's looked pretty solid all year. Um, although Jonathan Ward for Central Michigan, dude's got 15 scores on the year, um, 164 carries, over a thousand yards rushing. I, I think this is going to be more of an offensive game than it is a defensive game. But I really like Miami, um, just because I think that they play a slightly better schedule, so they're going to be more battle tested for the weekend. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, one thirty down at Conference USA. We got University of Alabama Birmingham. I think UA, that's yeah UAB. Yeah UAB taking on Florida Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm cr- go, I'm go, I'm going with the fight uh, fighting Kiffins. Okay, I like it. I like the pick for Florida Atlantic, and that's kind of where I was leaning as well. Chris Robinson looks pretty solid at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got three thousand yards on the season, twenty two scores. Um, they only had one loss in conference. I mean, that that whole team looks pretty good. Their out-of-conference yeah. schedule is whatever, but they look pretty good in Conference USA play this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, they have, and I think you know, where are we at here? I lost my spot. Uh, what what game were we talking about again? UAB Florida. Atlantic. UAB. That's right. My gosh, and UAB too is a program that or a team that didn't have a, a program a couple years ago. Yeah, they just I mean, bounced they, back. It's been what two years? They've been back two years now. Uh, two or three. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, obviously they're, you know, they've had some. NFL talent come out of the Roddy White a couple you know years ago went to mm-hmm. Atlanta, came from there. But I still still think Lane Kiffin, his guys over there, uh, um, they're going to do well. And their offensive coordinator too is uh, Charlie Weiss's kid. Yeah, he's like twenty five. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing to note: um, Florida Atlantic is scoring thirty four points a game. Yeah, um, giving up twenty four essentially, um, while UAB is scoring. Tw- 25, giving up 18-5. So I don't want to say UAB's got a better defense. Maybe just a weaker schedule. Mm-hmm. That's one of those teams, too, that, you know, their off or their uh, non-conference schedule isn't, like, the greatest. Right. Because I mean, obviously Florida Atlantic travels to Columbus. They travel to Ball State, mm-hmm. places like that. So, and of course, Ball State wasn't too big. They, they beat them pretty handily. But, you know, coming to Columbus and getting getting waxed, you know, they're a little more battle-tested, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they've their biggest losses were to Marshall, lost by mm-hmm. five. They're on a five-game winning streak right now, um, beating Southern Miss, uh, UTSA, Florida International, Western Kentucky, Old Dominion, um, by some pretty hefty scores. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. been a weak week schedule for Florida Atlantic. So I really like Florida Atlantic in this one. I think that they take that conference and run away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Cincinnati, Memphis, American athletic rematch of this last week. I think Memphis does it again. See, I, I'm taking Cincy. There's, I like Luke fickle. Uh, I, th- I don't think he allows his guys to lose two in a row because okay. their only two losses this year are Ohio state and Memphis. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he loses another one on the road in Memphis. Okay. Okay, that'll be interesting to see. That game's at 3.30 on ABC, so that'll be fun to watch. I really hope that there's some really, really good football being played there. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Luke Fickle is a smart coach. I don't think he allows them to lose two, but I just really like Brady White from Memphis. That kid is a monster at QB. Um, You know, and Kenneth Gainwell, the running back there. Sure, he's only got 12 scores, you know, 1,300 yards on the season, but he's smart with how he plays. He doesn't need to run a lot when the rest of his team when is giving him the opportunity to relax. Sure. So, I don't know. It'll be an interesting game. Uh, if Memphis wins that, they're almost guaranteed to take that top spot for the group of five. And Memphis' is coach, too, he's one of those guys who's going to be on everybody's radar this year for a big-time job. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Michigan. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on to the 4 o'clock time slot, we've got the SEC championship game. This is a game a lot of people are going to be paying attention to. Uh, Georgia, LSU, I think Joey Burrow and company get it done. I think so too, but I think it'd be, I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Georgia has a pretty solid defense. And they've mm-hmm. been playing pretty well here as of late. I think it'll be a cl- lower scoring game, uh, but probably a little probably a, you know, a field goal or a turnover, something like that's going to decide the finish. Big thing of note, this is basically a home game for Georgia. Sure. It's at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, they're in Atlanta. So I think LSU, they're going to be fighting a hostile crowd. I think LSU does get it done, but I do like the, the idea that it's going to be a closer, closer score than expected. I think yeah. LSU wins it probably by 10. 
Yeah, pretend. I can see that. Um, we've got Hawaii taking on Boise State in Boise uh, for the Mountain West Championship. I think it's really hard to bet against Boise right now. Yeah, Bo- Boise does look really good. And it's, the, it's an old adage, too, traveling west to east to play football. It's it's tough. Mm-hmm. That, those time zones really mess with you, especially with Hawaii being, what, like four time zones difference. Pretty much. Yeah, that's that's tough. So I think Boise wipes the floor with Hawaii in that one. Uh, night games, these are the, these are the fun ones. Virginia, Clemson. Uh, Clemson does the job. It's taking place in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Bank of America Stadium. Yeah, Clemson's 20.5-point favorites right now, over-under 55.5. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. <laughs> well, speaking of over-unders, over-under for Hawaii, Boise State's 65. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to be a high-scoring affair for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Boise State's favored by 14. So, I don't know. That'll be interesting. I think I think Clemson runs away with it. I think they run away with it in the first half and then just kind of hit cruise control in the second half until their defense gets in trouble. Yeah. Because, you know, we mentioned LSU-Georgia here. LSU's only at uh, minus seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. that's going to be a close one. Memphis is, you know, minus nine. So, yeah, those, those afternoon games are going to be really, really tight, save the Boise State game, it looks like. Um, yeah. yeah, but I like Clemson in this one. Um, they just look to be a far more complete team than Virginia. Virginia doesn't doesn't hold a candle to them, I don't think, especially with who they've lost to. They've lost by 15 to Notre Dame. They had a weird loss to Miami, Florida, and then they lost to Louisville. Looks like the tale for them this year is losing on the road. Looks like they don't lose at home, but on the road is where they kind of falter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do struggle there on the road for sure. Um, we got in the eight o'clock time slot, the game that you are going to be at, and I'm excited to yes. hear about it. Yes. Big Ten Championship, yep. uh, Wisconsin versus Ohio State. Yeah, I looking at the numbers here. Obviously, over under fifty six and a half. Ohio State's favored sixteen and a half. That's dropped a little bit over the past couple of days, um, but I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Wisconsin, obviously, it's a one versus eight. Wisconsin has played us already. You know, Jonathan Taylor had. 10 yards when we played him last time and you know it seems like and chase young had 12 sacks mm-hmm. so it was one of those things too where i don't think wisconsin is going to allow that to happen again because they do have the athletes to prevent that from happening right. um, but being a neutral field ohio state travels extremely well the every time i've been to the big 10 championship five times four or five times and every time i go it's 85% Ohio State fans because because Columbus is only a two and a half hour drive down I-70 so it's not you know not that far and the games I've been to okay Northwestern last year and eh, they didn't really travel very well Wisconsin they bring a pretty decent crowd uh, when Sparty came down they brought a pretty big crowd in 2013 uh, and then when when Ohio, when Ohio State beat Wisconsin 59 nothing in 13 or 14 rather mm-hmm. uh, you know they brought a pretty nice crowd too because that was the year Wisconsin was supposed to do it and then we, of course, do a third string quarterback. Yada yada yada. The story. The rest, you know, the rest is history. But you know, twelve and 0, 10 and two. Uh, it's going to be closer to what I think. What what people think. But uh, the Buckeyes do come out with a win. Yeah, absolutely. I think Ohio State tightens up everything they need to. You know, they've they've got film on themselves from the Michigan game, which I think is so critical for them. I think they take it away early in the first half they're forcing Wisconsin to throw in the second half effectively neutralizing Jonathan Taylor so I don't think it'll happen I think Ohio State handles that and rides home 
with yet another Big Ten championship and yet another playoff berth. Another one, but I mean, it's, it's we were talking about this at work today with somebody. It's she, my friend is a, an Ohio State alum, mm. and she has no worries about it. I'm sitting there, I'm like, it's a championship game, playoff comp- you know, playoff hopes are on the line again because obviously when they played together the first time, playoff hopes were on the line then. Mm-hmm. So it's still the same situation now. Uh, you know, for Wisconsin, they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna jump into the top four, but they can get a five. Yeah, I think they can get a five or a six and get in there and play at a Rose Bowl. Absolutely, which which is huge for Wisconsin. Don't get me wrong; that's enormous for anybody. Yeah, the Rose Bowl uh, is still a premier game. It's you know, it's sure. sure it's a consolation prize, but it's still. I mean, it's the granddaddy of them all. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think I think the Buckeyes come with a win there. All right, I like it. I like it. I can respect that, and I agree with that. On Sunday, we have America's game. Army versus Navy. Not a uh, conference championship, but it's a big rivalry game. That's next week. That's the 14th. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is the 14th. Never mind. Yeah, so that's, they take a week off. We can talk about that later. Yeah, they take a week off. So, But, yeah, that wraps up the conference championship games. Um, we do have a few mailbag questions I wanted to kind of touch okay. on. A um, couple people on Twitter reaching yeah, out to Yeah, you guys are us. blowing up my Twitter notifications at work yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You uh, you got tagged. That's my fault. I'm gonna take full blame for that. It happens. Um, but no, we had a couple really good questions. Um, coming into, if I can pull them up really quick, tweets and replies. Yes. So we had a couple really good questions. Um, one of them was, who has the best college football rivalry trophies in the sport, and what are some of our favorites? I answered on the Twitter page, personally, you know, being partial with being a Mac fan. I think Akron-Kent State, the battle for the wagon wheel, I think that's one of the coolest things. It's a giant wagon wheel, for those who don't know. And this, like, it's a legit wagon wheel. It's not some little tiny trophy. It's a giant wagon wheel where they have all the scores and who won um, over the course of the rivalry. Minnesota-Wisconsin, I really like for the Axe. Um, Notre Dame-USC, and I don't know how to pronounce this, uh, Jeweled Shalag. I think that's how that's pronounced. Hmm. Notre Dame USC fans, please don't find me. I don't live in Toledo. I uh, I don't exist, so please don't kill me for butchering that. But I really think that that thing looks really cool. It's it's There's a lot of history with that. Also, just because I'm a Mac fan, I uh, and everybody can make fun of me for this, I really like the Toledo-Bowling Green rivalry trophy. It's mm-hmm. a giant bronze Interstate 75 placard, essentially, yeah. mounted on a square base. And it's the newest trophy. They replaced the uh, peace pipe uh, mm. from a couple years ago. And BG finally got to see what that trophy looked like this year after, I think, seven years of not knowing what, what it looked like. And I think it's one of the coolest trophies out there. It's just this bronze plaque, and I just think it's kind of cool. So what about you? Um. I'll stick with the Mac too a little bit. I mean, the Redbird Trophy between Ball State and Miami of Ohio, mm. that's a good one. Um, I always liked to uh, Iowa, Minnesota, the pig. Oh, the Floyd of Rosedale. Floyd of Rosedale, yeah. yeah. How it was actually a real pig back in the day. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, the Paul Bunyan's axe is always really cool. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to think. Oh, the uh, the cowboy hat between Oklahoma, Oklahoma, or Oklahoma State, Texas, Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah, the, the, the golden cowboy hat. That's really cool as well. What do you think uh, of the Illabuck? The Illabuck is cool, but I just want to say, just don't. Obviously, they don't play every year, right? So it's like, oh, you kind of forget about it when they play. They mm-hmm. go, oh yeah, 
that that's the there's thing. a trophy here <laughs> yeah it's it, 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 i mean obviously it used to be a real turtle back in the day too yeah and see i just forgot about all about it until you mentioned it i go oh yeah i forgot just because that's they play the show you mm-hmm. know every other year absolutely or so so yeah that's that that is a fun one though um yeah so those are great trophies uh we got another one is joe oh, time, oh, time out during bowl season yes we need to do an episode on bowl trophies i'm 100 percent down with that because those are there are some really cool ones there's some really I went cool to the, ones yeah, for sure in 2004 i went to the alamo bowl ohio state oklahoma state it was less yeah. miles last year at oklahoma state yeah and uh it was so cool because last year i was at uh, in columbus we went to the woody hayes center mm. the woody hayes facility and the, the trophy case is in there and i saw the trophy from that game up close and that was when the MasterCard, I think, yeah, it was... Yeah, the MasterCard. MasterCard or Discovery Card, one of the two sponsored it back then. Okay. And it was a sweet-looking trophy. Okay. And it looked cool because I was like, you know, 10 back then, or 10 or 12 when we went. Right. But seeing it 20 years later, I was like, okay, this thing's really cool-looking. No, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah let's do, we got to do one of those. Definitely have to do bowl game trophies. Absolutely. We can bowl, do a bowl that, game pick them, too. And, uh, we'll do that. Also, bowl game gifts that players get. Yeah, uh, the, from, it's ridiculous. I've got stories from people I know who played for you know, that team up north. Okay, I he, uh, Chris Wormley, who you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Dan Samuelson. They uh, he went to my high school. They both played up there, and some of the things he was telling me they'd got were incredible. So we'll wait till bowl season to talk about that. Also, yeah, absolutely. That's perfectly fine. I'm excited to dive into that a little bit. Uh, another question we got is Joe Burrow winning the Heisman. I think right now he's the clear front runner. He has yeah. to completely fall to pieces in the conference championship, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, it's pretty much his to lose at this point. Um, we don't need to really go over any more with that. Um, what coaches need to have a strong showing in their bowl game to stave off the hot seat pressure going to next year? I don't know if anybody fits that criteria, but I think if I would pick a coach who people are looking at a little unfavorably right now, whether it's fairly or not, I think Nick Saban needs a strong bowl performance. Um, I think he's fine. I don't think he's on the hot seat, but I do think that Nick Saban is feeling a little bit of pressure like, oh man, I've lost two regular season games for the first time in however many years. If I Mm -hmm. lose a bowl game, what does that really say about this organization? Sure. I think my coach is Clay Helton at USC. Yeah, okay. That's interesting because everybody's talking, you know, they want to get rid of him, they want to get rid of him, but he has them ranked. Mm-hmm. And he has them winning football games right now. They're in the top 25. Yeah. I think they're sitting there at what, 24, I think it is? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, uh, 24, 22. 22, whatever it is. Yeah, and they beat UCLA this year. Yeah, 22. They beat, they beat Cal. They have some quality wins, and they got schlacked by Oregon. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they took Notre Dame to the wire, lost by three. Uh, BYU lost by three. Lost Utah, or they beat Utah this year. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know really. Utah's I don't really understand. Loss. Yeah, I don't really understand what you know. What the issue is with him for the simple fact that they want Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer's not going to take that job. Everybody knows that he's never going to coach again. No, he's going to the Cowboys. Yeah, when Jerry <laughs> Jones opens up, opens up that bank account, right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean Notre Dame. They obviously lost Notre Dame in the rival by three, but then you beat UCLA. So really, Clay Helton, if he could win out, I don't know if it's going to save his job, but it's going to make make it harder for USC to uh, to get rid of him. To get rid of him because they did like or their, I don't know if he was fired or you know resigned, mm-hmm. but their AD earlier this year uh, left as well. So maybe right. that was kind of the sign, but who knows at this point? Um, we got another. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's super important for him to 
really, as long as he wins, he's fine. You know, and I think, I think so too. This bowl, if he wins this bowl game, like you said, it makes that argument really hard to get rid of him. Like, look, he's got nine wins on this season. It's really hard to argue against that. Um, we've got another one from our cousins, the Beard Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. I've got I've got issues with those guys too. We'll talk about that later. Uh oh, uh oh. I'm uh, I'm excited to hear this. Um, he they said, why is X Michigan so bad? I don't know who this ex Michigan is, so I that seems like a dumb question. I get it. Um, but no, uh, why is Michigan so bad? Why is Ohio State far superior? I know I can answer. This, I can answer this in two two seconds. <laughs> I, I really can. I mean, I, I believe you. Go for it. It's Ohio State takes it more serious. Yeah, yeah. Ohio State they train every 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 practice. There there's a Michigan hour or a Michigan session. Urban Meyer every Wednesday he would go into his office and watch film on them he knew what they were doing every week mm-hmm. jim harbaugh is not doing that no and the week the week of the game the scout team gets on gets in michigan uniforms wow and they practice yeah that i didn't know that's oh wow. yeah they've been doing that forever okay and so they just take it more serious it's very it's obviously you know they went down there score a touchdown missed a field goal that was the end of the game right there mm-hmm. that was it yeah because they weren't gonna you know you, you can't recover from that. No, absolutely. And not. so Ohio State takes it more serious. And there's a reason why it's five and zero. There's a reason why Jim Harbaugh got snarky in his press conference when he couldn't answer a simple question. Yeah, and what, I, personally, I took issue with that as well. You know, the guy Jordan Strack is actually a WTOL yeah. jo- reporter. Jordan's really that was Jordan who answered that or asked that question. Yeah, that was Jordan Strack. Okay, I know Jordan. I know Jordan. Yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's great. Yeah, no, and he's super smart. And yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, he's an Ohio State fan because he's from Toledo." No, he he was asking a legitimate question. Yeah, I thought it was a legitimate question. I thought he's so like, too. "Oh, I'm not going to answer your insults." Well, you're being paid seven point five million dollars a year and haven't nothing to show for it. Your fans, your your fans want to know more. Yeah, you're when you interview for that job, you're asked two questions. And your first one, and the first question is, how are you going to beat our rival? Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done that. He hasn't been. He's been close once. He's put, given up six. He's given up 118 points in two years. 118 points in two years. And I think well, and this is kind of what I, you know, I replied to the Beard Brothers and I said, look, you know, Don Brown's defenses all year have played pretty well, save Wisconsin. Um, Ohio State's just on a completely different tier than not only Michigan but the rest of the Big Ten and pretty much everybody else in the country. Um, they're just, you know, Ohio State's just dominating everybody. It's not one team. They've been a consistent product like this. You look at Ohio State top to bottom, there's no glaring weakness. And even the weaknesses that they have, they cover up really, really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I, one of those things, like, it's just they take it seriously, and yeah. they practice for it, and they, they develop their players better because they have more draft picks, you know, in recent years than – Michigan does. I saw a yeah, thing they, today. Michigan, uh, seventy-one, four or five, four and five-star recruits. Yeah. Ohio State, sixty-eight or sixty-nine or something. Yeah. And but their draft picks. Ohio State had eighteen. Michigan had four. Yeah. It's not. And it's not getting talent. It's developing. Sure. And you know, Michigan goes to Ole Miss and gets Shea Patterson as a transfer. Well, we go out and get Justin Fields, and there's a major talent gap right there. You know, uh, Jay Patterson was supposed to be the saving grace of Michigan football, mm-hmm. and has nothing to show for it. Chase, or excuse me, uh, Justin Fields comes in in one in one year and is a Heisman Trophy contender. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, so that's all. It's all player development. Absolutely, it is. Um, one last question: In uh, our opinion, what coach or coaches have impressed us this season the most? Um, uh, PJ Flex on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, I will say Ryan Day yep. because he did take over for. 
Urban Meyer, and he for able to keep a living that legend. Yeah, a, a future Hall of Fame coach, and to be able to keep up what he built, going twelve and zero and winning Big Ten Coach of the Year, mm-hmm. and that is saying something. You know, it's not easy to do no matter who you are. Uh, Matt Rule's on that list, I think. Also, Matt Rule is definitely on that list. I really like uh, Ed uh, Orgeron. Orgeron, yeah, yeah, from LSU. LSU. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, he's good. Turned that program around. Yeah, he has. He has. And, you know, we can go even to the disappointing side. Chip Kelly, US, mm-hmm. or UCLA, yep. you know, he's, you know, he's in there his second year, hasn't really done a whole lot. Oh, another coach who, you know, I'm excited about this year's too is Herm Edwards. Yes, he looks really, really he's, smart. Yeah, and, and, of course, Arizona State's one of the schools we forget about. Mm-hmm. But Herm Edwards, he's got that program in the up and up right now. Um, Shout out to our friend Brittany, by the way, Arizona yeah, State alumni. Brittany. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's really – all the other good coaches are names that have been around. Absolutely. You know, even, I'll even throw Paul Christ in there. Yeah, I think Paul I mean, Christ is super t- underrated this year. I think so, too. And he's such a typical Wisconsin coach. It's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, he's he very at, much fits that, that just, whole well, he's, mold. Of course, he played quarterback there, mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, he was that guy. But he just looks like somebody from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He talks like somebody from Wisconsin. It's hysterical. Um, I do want to touch on some uh, college hoops just for a quick moment. Yeah. Um, biggest thing, you know, to kind of bring Michigan fans back into listening to our podcast, big jump for the Wolverines uh, this last weekend after winning the, the Battle for Atlantis Classic. They did, and they just lost to Louisville. Yes, they did. They just lost to number one Louisville. But uh, that's the biggest jump in the 70-year history of the AP poll for a team. Yeah. So, congrats. I mean... You know, they've done. They've been doing it the right way. Yeah, uh, I think we. I think we moved up to six. Yeah, we Ohio State UNC, moved up we, to we, six. Yeah, we play UNC tomorrow. Um, the uh, what's his name? Um, Xavier Simpson for U of M. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to my high school actually. Oh, nice. Um, and that kid is just so smart with what he does mm-hmm. and how he plays basketball. Um, yeah, I just think that Michigan as a team as a whole. Losing this one game to number one Louisville, not going to be a big deal. No. They look so dominant in every other game they've played. They're going to be mm-hmm. fine. Sure, they'll probably drop a spot or two. Um, and there's one guy I met. He played at Whitmer, played at Wisconsin. Okay. Played basketball. I can I cannot think of his name, but he was at Wisconsin for 12 years, it seemed like. Okay. He's from Toledo Whitmer. And I'd met him once. Super nice guy. But, it's, I mean, Toledo's an underrated town when it comes to basketball. They really they put are. some guys out. Well, I mean, it's yeah, I mean, Ohio, as a general rule, is an underrated state when it comes to basketball, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you look at schools from the Toledo area, Cincinnati area, Cleveland area. Even you get the smaller areas like Dayton or Lima. Mm-hmm. Those those cities, you know, they, uh, they may not dominate, but they're going to produce Upper, upper Sandusky. Yeah, Upper Sandusky. where the yep. uh, Diebler went, where he's from. Yep. Um, Finley has produced some solid yeah, players. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who that guy was from Whitmer. Um, I'll text Chris and ask. Uh, Nigel Hayes? Nigel Hayes, yep. Yep. Yeah, he was there for 12 years, it seemed like. Yeah, he uh, he went to Whitmer, played college mm-hmm. basketball for – he's only 24. <laughs> yeah. That's what's crazy. So he's a he's a young guy, but yeah, he was there for a while, um, and he is now playing 
for some team in the Lithuanian Basketball League mm. in the Euro League. Sounds about right. So, but yeah, so that's who that was. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I know who it is. I know who it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that does it for the mailbag. Uh, a yep. couple other questions, but not really much else. Um, can't really say much about our group of five. We, uh, we're on conference championship weeks. I think the teams from each conference have proved why they are getting talked about. So yep. not really much and to really, touch up there. And really the thing, too, is you know the battle is for that fourth spot, I think, at this point. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the highlight. But I got to know, what is your beef with the Beard Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast? Beard Brothers, yes. There's an AJ over there, I, so I've been told. There is an AJ over there. There is, yes. And uh, you brought it to my attention last week. I sent them a tweet. Never got a response. Uh oh. Yeah, they're talking about Highlander games, and they're going to be one AJ. Mm-hmm. And we both know who that is. It's clearly my AJ. We are both bearded men. <laughs> the ladies are very fond of us, us both. I'm assuming. Yes. Why wouldn't they be? Your bearded man, AJ. Absolutely. <laughs> so yes, if these guys are listening, which I know they are, because why wouldn't they? Right. Uh, let's talk. Let's figure this thing out because they're going only be only can be one. And I agree. So we got to figure out how we're going to uh, determine that. Maybe we'll have to do a joint podcast episode where all four of I'm us down. are on sometime. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, I. Uh, and also, too, for our listeners, we're gonna have some fun here. Toward or, you know, kind of after bowl season or probably in between bowl season and regular season, uh, have some guests. We've uh, I've talked to a few buddies of mine who are interested, and one of them will be nothing about college football. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about this. It's uh, well, a good friend of mine, my college roommate, who was a prof- he's a professional wrestler. Mm. So he's also a groomsman at my wedding. Uh, but he's a, he is a college football fan. Actually, he's a UGA fan. Yep. Uh, he lives down in Tampa, and uh, but he's in the independent wrestling circuit. So we're gonna totally go off subject sometime. Talk to him and just talk about professional wrestling. Yeah, I'm definitely down. I think that'll be really good. And now he wrestled in college as well, right? Uh, yeah. So we could even get a little bit of the, you know, to keep in theme with the podcast, talk about that transition from college wrestling to the professional wrestling. So Sure, absolutely. But yeah, so uh, I think, AJ, I think that does it for us. Let's do it. Um, all right, guys, so thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check out our Facebook page across the board for articles, podcasts, and more. Follow us on Twitter at atbsports.net. Follow our podcast link at atbsportspods. If you're looking for fantasy football advice, you know, I know playoffs are coming up. Check out the Beard Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow them on Twitter at Beard Brothers FF. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm Alex. Alongside me today is AJ. And we will see you guys next week. See ya. See ya.